Ever feel like a slave to your schedule, but you're the one who made the schedule? Today on Happier Music Teacher, flexible time and energy plan for busy music teachers. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. If you've ever stood on one of those balance boards that the PE teachers in your school might have in the gym, or you've ever watched a kid struggling to learn to ride a bike, I was a real late bloomer on that. Hi, Mom. You realize that balance isn't some passive thing that happens to you. It's actually incredibly active and ever-changing and shifting and adapting. So when I think about my time and energy plan for myself as a busy music teacher, I need something that's flexible. If the plan is too rigid, it's not going to work because we all know none of our days are exactly the same and there are a million things that can throw a wrench in the work. So it's really how are we going to react when those things happen, when they happen, not if they happen. They're always going to happen. The first step in this plan is to think about your time a little bit differently. Instead of exact clock time or clock minutes, you're going to think more in terms of general blocks. And all of us have several blocks in our day, and we have several things that need to fit into those blocks. So the first thing you're going to think about is what are your blocks and what do they look like? Your morning time before school. Instead of thinking really rigidly, 5.32 to 7.01, instead think about that morning time as a block. It's flexible. Your lunchtime is another block that you have a little autonomy over what you're spending your time on. Your plan time is a block, but most of that's not going to be on your personal business. It's going to be more on your school business. And then I also think about a few blocks in the evening. I think about after school as a block. I think about evening or after dinner as a block. And then I think about my bedtime routine as a block. Now, I am not the one to teach you about time blocking. There are people who do a beautiful job at this. But even that mindset shift alone might free you up a little bit to think a little bit more flexibly about all the things that you're trying to fit in. The next thing you're going to do during these blocks is just evaluate. So think about your priorities, thinking about what's urgent, and thinking about what you need to get centered is how you might choose to spend this time capital. It does not always have to be exactly the same. I know I love the habits and routines, and I see a lot of value in it. But I think if we're too rigid with them, they're no longer going to serve us. We're serving them. We want to be the master of our time. So real life example how that might work with one of my blocks is during my lunch block, ideally, I spend about half of it listening to a podcast and eating. And then the second half lately, I've been working on editing my book. But on a day that I would not slept well, was not in a great mood, and just really needed to get centered before I had a challenging class coming in in a few minutes, I decided to just ditch the book entirely, just eat, just relax, go to the restroom, get a drink, reset my room so that I knew everything would be optimal coming in. Now, did that mean that I sacrificed a little bit on my personal goals with a book? Yes, but in that moment... The urgent need, the priority need, the center need for me was getting right before kindergarten came in my room. The next mindset shift to make about this is that it's not a perfect science. There is no one perfect way to spend your time and energy in a given day. And even if it seems perfect to you, it might not seem perfect to someone else. You're always making with yourself and your time and energy and also the other people that you're involved with trade-offs and bargains and what might be the best use of your time in that moment.
One of the big things I pray for myself every morning is the best use of my time and energy. However, the trump card here isn't always being efficient. Sometimes the best use of my time and energy is spending a little extra time with my husband because he was out of town for a week and I miss him. It might be spending a little extra time with my son in the morning because I know he has an upcoming test or I might not see him the rest of the day very much, so I want to prioritize that. And always, 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 people over tasks. I say that and give lip service to it, but it's actually a really challenging concept for me, so I almost always have to continually remind myself to prioritize people when I'm choosing my time and energy. As I look at my week as someone with a pretty busy schedule and a pretty um, set routine, I was shocked at how much autonomy I have. So here's some of the areas that you might play around with for your time blocks, and you can move them flexibly as you need. Earlier, later, shorter, longer, what you fill them with. So bedtime can be flexible. I think we do better when we do have a set bedtime, but let's be honest, we don't always get to that bed on time. So if my bedtime is later, I've scrolled too late, I haven't slept well, something like that, I'm going to go ahead and consciously choose a later wake time. Now, that's going to have a ripple effect through my whole day, but that's something I have control over. And to me, much better to be fresh and energized at work than to have a perfect bedtime and wake-up time because that doesn't exist. Once again, the wake time can be a variable that you can play with. Do you need to get a couple extra lesson plans cemented before you start your day and you wake up earlier than normal? Do you wake up a little bit later because you didn't sleep well? Do you have a sick kid last night? You didn't sleep well. You need to push the alarm back. That's okay. Within limits. Your exercise time. Now, you don't want to move any of these so it gets out of control, right? The wake time is way too early or the bedtime is way too late or you're always short cheating yourself on sleep instead of getting the rest that you need. Another variable is your exercise time. It might say that if you get a lot of steps that day, if you're over 10,000 steps, you feel like, okay, I'm good. My feet are tired. That's my exercise for the day. Or you might say, you know what? I want to walk in the morning while it's dark and cool and beautiful and make sure I prioritize that and get it done um, at the expense of other things you might choose to do in that morning block. Or you might say, you know what? It's important to me to eat breakfast with my family this morning before they go off to their day. I'm going to push the exercise time back. I'm going to actually probably walk in an air-conditioned building like a furniture store or a Walmart. And that's not ideal. And it makes it a little trickier. And after school, you may not be feeling like it. But once again, the trade-off of breakfast with your family made it worth it. Another variable you can play with is your quiet time. Uh, my Bible does not say there's anything holier about the morning, although I think there's certainly advantages to the morning, and that's my preference. But if it doesn't happen in the morning for whatever reason, any of the things we talked about, then my Bible time and my prayer time can get shifted to during my lunchtime. Now, does that mean that I'm making different choices during my lunchtime? Absolutely. But like I said, it's your time. It's your quiet time. You can make it work for you, not the other way around. I suspect there's going to be more of this in my future, but another amount of time I have to play around with is when my son's at an activity. So right now it's Wednesday nights at youth group. It's when he has his French horn lesson. Those are times where I am waiting for him in the car and it doesn't really make sense for me to go home. So I have some options I can do with that. During his horn lesson, I might choose to walk, but if it's 105 degrees outside, not happening. So what will I do with that time so it's not a waste? If it's a Wednesday night, there's a lot of ways I could fill it. Part of my book I wrote on Wednesday nights during his youth group time. But now that that's finished, how will I fill it? I might just decide, you know what, I need to relax. I'm going to take myself out to dinner with no expectation of any work getting done. 
Or I might say, wow, I'm really snowed under with schoolwork. I'm going to get someplace with an internet connection and at least knock it out the best I can. Maybe the best use of my time and energy is to talk to some of the other moms up at church and connect with them. There's no right or wrong answer, and I can really look at it as far as what I need, what needs to feel balanced, centered, and what's urgent or a priority. You can even mess with your schedule as far as whether you're going to shower in the morning or at night. And there's things that be said for both, and that time is going to change occasionally too. So maybe you worked out hard and you're disgusting. You don't want to get in your bed like that. Of course you're going to shower at night, and it's more relaxing for you. Or you feel like, okay, if I don't shower in the morning, I'm not going to be all fresh. Or maybe there's times that you actually have to do both. I know sometimes I'll wash my hair at the evening, but then when I come back from my walk, I want to be fresher and also you know, shave my legs for school. So I'm taking both an a.m. and a p.m. shower. There's no wrong answer there. Just think about what's going to work out best for you and your context, but then you're going to have to figure it out. If I shower in the morning, that affects the bedtime, which affects the leave time, which affects traffic on and on. You're always making those subtle shifts and balances as you choose. Okay, this is a big one for women, and I swear my husband thinks I'm disgusting in this regard, but I don't wash my hair every day. So the wash day actually becomes kind of a big deal. I want it to be fresh for church. I also want it to be fresh sometimes for school events. If I go too long, it definitely looks like I need to wash my hair, which is not okay. So even with that, for me, washing in the morning is not really an option anymore because I have so much hair and it's so thick, it would be wet literally all day. So thinking about the time, when am I going to stretch it? Thank you, dry shampoo. Or am I going to have fresh washed hair for the next day? Meal prep can be on a timeline, so that can definitely affect your time and energy. Maybe you're throwing something in the crock pot, so that's taking some of your morning block. Or maybe you haven't prepared anything for dinner, and that's taking a longer time on your evening block, or you're choosing to pick up takeout. And of course, doing more prep on the weekend can eliminate some of this during the week when it's stressful for you. There are lots of ways you can spend your lunch hour at school, and some are very energizing and some are not at all. I actually address this in my book. Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School. If you spend your whole lunch hour in the gossipy lounge, heating up a stinky lean cuisine, and then chasing down some discipline referrals and wrestling with a copier, you will not be energized to tackle the rest of your afternoon. And the way that my day is slanted at school, my morning is lighter, my morning contains my prep time, my morning contains fewer classes, and then my afternoon is quite intense. If you choose to work through lunch, that's totally fine. Just know what the trade-off is going to be in terms of your energy for the rest of the day. I think it's nice that we have that flexibility with our lunch hour. A lot of us just let it happen to us. Instead, be proactive. Happen to it instead. The other blocks that you have control of is if you're choosing to go to school before school to get some work done, if you're choosing to stay after, if you're choosing to do contract hours, how you'll use your prep, even those little space times between classes, all of those little choices really add up. If you are choosing not to go before school, then you have a lot left to do. You might choose to stay after school, but that's going to affect the rest of your evening and your after school time blocks, right? Even the little spaces between classes can be energizing or draining depending on how you spend them. If you try to cram too much in that time, you feel absolutely rushed and flustered by the time your class arrives. It might really be a better use of your time to take a sip of water, rest your voice, do a couple deep breaths and stretches so that when the class shows up, you're refreshed. Your mindset and your energy level and where your head is at really matters, I think, sometimes more than your productivity. Even something as simple as when you leave home or when you leave work can have big repercussions for the rest of your day. 
If you leave work late, is that going to push dinner late? Are you going to be sitting in more traffic? Is it more advantageous to do something like that in the morning? If you leave early in the morning, is that going to put your kids in a bad spot for getting out the door on time or for childcare? Or are you going to be so spent with what you've done before work that you are too tired to actually be effective at work? No wrong answer, just something to consider. You might even, something as simple as filling up your car with gas is probably part of your routine, but that can also be flexible. Depending on the weather, you don't want to choose a day when it's raining or when it's really hot. Depending on your time, you don't want to run out of gas on the way to school. Something as small as that, everything affects each other. It's all one big ecosystem with your life for your time and your energy. Hanging out with your friends can definitely be a more difficult puzzle piece as we get older. Are you going to have a standing date time with them where you always go out and you always meet? Do you just text them on their birthday? What is that going to look like for you? And how does that affect the other pieces of your life? Is there a more effective time to hang out with your friends than you've been doing? Would a breakfast date be cheaper and easier and less logistically difficult? Or would it be better to go out at night after your kids are asleep? Time with your spouse. We say date night, but it doesn't actually have to be at night. It doesn't actually have to be a date. All sorts of things when you're middle age can count as a date. So think about it. If you're going to sit out back with your spouse, maybe in the morning before the kids get up, or maybe late at night after they've gone to bed, or are you going to have a full-fledged date where you get dressed up and make reservations and there's a sitter? And then there's a further balance of balancing time with your family, your other relationships, your friendships, and how all that time works with work. You don't want to feel like you're working all the time and never see your friends, never see your family, never see your spouse. I don't think that's how we're designed. So what will you do to balance it out? You also don't want to hit one of those areas too hard at the expense of the others. You don't want to spend all your time with your spouse while you're neglecting your kids and your friends. Vice versa, you don't want to spend all your time with your friends over the weekend where you're pretty much neglecting your family and you have to reintroduce yourself on Monday morning. So it really is a little bit of a balance and you can take your own temperature on that, but you can also take the temperature of the people that live in your home. At school, there's even a bigger picture of how you're going to balance your lessons and your programs and your trips. Um, If you've been having a time of heavy performance prep, maybe it's time the next few weeks to back up and make sure you're super infusing your things with joy and maybe more musical skills. If you are having a lot of trips and a busy season for your choir, maybe it's okay for a few weeks to let your program breathe. And regarding whether your lessons are going to be more robust or your programs are going to be more robust, that's a conversation to have with yourself philosophically, as well as with your administration and your stakeholders to find out, okay, are we going to be very performance heavy? Are we going to be very education heavy at the expense of programs, or is it going to be a balance? Are your performances are going to be more informances, or are they going to be more flashy? There's really not a wrong answer, but the wrong thing would be not communicate that clearly. So it is a little bit rich that someone as inflexible and rigid as I can be, I'm talking to anyone about flexible time and energy management, but here we are. As you go throughout your week this week, I want you to find out what it feels like to hold your time and energy a little bit more loosely and a little bit more nimbly. So here's some things you might look at. Thinking about blocks of time instead of exact clock time. Thinking about your needs and how they might be flexible. The ones that I was looking at were bedtime, wake time, exercise time, quiet time, Wednesday nights or activity nights for your kids, whether you shower at night or in the morning or both, when you wash your hair, when you prep your meals, how you spend that lunch hour at school, 
whether you're going to use your prep or time before or after your contract hours, even those little spaces between classes, and when you leave for home or when you leave for work. When is your grocery pickup? What does that work like there? What time to fuel up your car? When are you going to hang out with your friends? When are you going to hang out with your spouse on a date night? And how are you going to balance out the time with your family, your relationships, your friendships? And then at school, even bigger picture, how are you going to balance all the many things you have to do as a music teacher in a way that you and your administration feel comfortable about? As with many things, you have more control than you think. And also, it is not a zero-sum game. There's not zero and 100. You're just looking to flexibly use your time in a way that honors work and your family and yourself. Hey, I just got a really exciting text. We are getting closer to the hard copy version, the paperback on Amazon of Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School. Of course, it's always available on F-flat books, and I hope you will support them in your mission if you want an e-book. But if it doesn't feel like a real book to you unless you hold it in your hands, I really can't wait to share it with you. I'll let you know when it releases. This week's verse of the day, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Today's Mindset Minute focuses on the saying, do it now, girl, or abbreviated to ding. If you struggle with procrastination like I do, this might be just a thing to help get you moving in the right direction. It is all too easy for me to flag an email instead of handling it right away and responding. It is too easy for me to make a nice long to-do list instead of knocking out the first shortest thing on my to-do list right as it crosses my plate. I was talking to a friend about this a couple weeks ago and she is an upholder. You can tell that all her trains run on time. She has never struggled with this in her life, but she has a procrastinator son and she was just flummoxed by it. She could not just imagine why he would not do five of his math problems a day for six days, totaling his 30 math problems and be done with it. Um, she didn't know why it was such a struggle. And I absolutely did. Uh, procrastination for those of us who struggle with it, it can just grip onto you and hold tight and not let go. So hopefully next time you have a small task across your desk, instead of adding it to your list or flagging it, or when the stewing is worse than the doing, knock it right out and then do it now, girl. Ding. Today's People, Podcast, and Promotion Spotlight shines on Bryson Tarbett of That Music Podcast and also the Elementary Music Summit. Uh, he came to mind today because I just listened to the best episode of his that I found so helpful. Um, I always glean some nuggets of insight, but this one just helped me a lot. Uh, episode 109 of That Music Teacher Podcast is four reasons your class is going off the rails and how to fix it. I went in there with a little bit of pride, like, my class isn't going off the rails. And then he talked about what happens when they enter the classroom. And I'm like, oh, I have a lot to learn from Bryson. Bryson is a great person for bringing people together. He is a great person for knowing branding and persistence. I just saw on Facebook that his brand is celebrating five years. So although he looks like an overnight success, no one's an overnight success. He's been grinding out for quite some time. I'm really glad he's in the music education space. I got the privilege to meet him in person at Oak last year. Bryson Tarbett, That Music Podcast.
Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.